My name is Tom Imhold, and this is Conversations for a Better Life. If this is your first time hearing us, the intention and commitment of this project is to delve headfirst into those topics and experiences that need to be faced so that we can progress and transform. My returning guest is Miles Woodfield from last episode. Today's topic is perfectionism as it applies to creative and non-creative pursuits. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would really appreciate if you could provide some feedback on our Facebook page or on Twitter at Convo for Better. Thank you all for listening, and please enjoy the episode. Okay, so um, this is going to be a little bit different, not that we have had that many episodes for it to be different, um, but it's going to be shorter than the last one that we did, I'm, I'm anticipating at least. Um, and so full disclosure for anybody that's listening, we are... Uh, had a very difficult tr- time trying to make this uh, between my schedule and Miles's schedule, um, especially with his wonderful children who are a, a wonderful inspiration in his life, but demand quite a bit of his time. It's, it's been uh, very difficult to, to get together. But so um, I thought that we should still get together and have a, a short conversation. And I thought, what better topic about this than um, to focus on than uh, putting out work that might be imperfect. Um, and I think that can apply to a lot of things, not just creative endeavors, but also um, any endeavor that you pursue. Um, I don't know, Miles, if you can think of anything in particular in your life where you've had to uh, maybe sacrifice the perfection of it to accomplish it. Um, if I don't know if anything uh, rings a bell at the moment. Yeah, like, like I think uh, parenting is like that, but I also think sort of. Uh, I mean, I mean, honestly, like you screw up a lot and your kids are always going to be imperfect, unfortunately. Um, but also like, uh, like uh, I play music. I think sometimes like there's this, um, perception that, you know, uh, music is like a, like a, like a, a natural gift, you know? And I, I don't really believe that at all. I think you, I think you really got to work at it. Um, yeah, but the problem is that you don't want to play uh, if you, if you, if you suck at it, but you're not going to not suck at it unless you play. So there's like this, hump that you got to get over in order to be decent at something so you know you kind of have to sacrifice a little bit of imperfection for a while until you can get good at something to actually kind of coast a little bit what i was thinking of too is not just in the forming of a ha- of a of a skill like playing music but especially in the creative endeavor um like you may not even know your own voice or what it is that you're trying to really say or accomplish until you do it. I mean, most of the songs, not that I play very much anymore, but most of the songs that I wrote in college just ended up being kind of pseudo ripoff versions of other things that I liked. And yeah, so, right. and so <laughs> <Mine too. laughs> even, even the idea of making something that's really yours or that you really want to make, um, I think it requires you to, attempt at first it's it's like the idea of learning by doing that um you know you don't really understand what you're capable of you don't really understand but more than that i think you don't really know what you want out of your creative endeavor um until you actually try it because it's really not it's not real until you manifest it so it's more just an ideal in your head that you kind of fantasize about as opposed to putting into reality so you you kind of talking about letting the art speak to you and seeing where it goes, right? As opposed to the other way around. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's everyone's particular process. I just found that if I if I went into any kind of creative process, even once again like this podcast, like if I go into it saying this is what I want and this is how it's going to be, you know, as someone who is an amateur at it, 
I don't really know what I actually want and what I want it to be. I, I have ideas about it. I have other people that um, I admire in the space, and I would love if I was similar to them. But as far as what I actually want and what I actually want it to be, um, I don't think it, that really shows itself until you've done it a couple of times. Um, career is also was also like that for me. I had to try a bunch of different careers and actually attempt them before I was like, nope, this I thought I wanted this. I don't want this at all. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's played out a lot in my life that, um, you know, the doing actually is the thing that teaches you or, you know, helps you understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's a classic nature versus nurture debate, you know, is this actually who I am or am I becoming something because I'm working towards it? Right. Um, and you know, I, th- I think for me, like, I don't plan a lot of my life. I don't have a lot of things that are sort of laid out already. So um, I kind of go into things very haphazardly, which drives my wife bonkers. <laughs> um, and uh, like, I'll start a job and she'll be like, why do you, how are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And she's like, she's like, oh my, oh my God, you're crazy. Um, but um, you know, so, so there's a, yeah, there's a sense to like I, I, playing your life like that or playing a, a podcast or an instrument or, um, writing a book or whatever like that can be really cool and it can be fun it can be exciting but it can also be really really dangerous uh depending on your level of of doing that right well like, so can like, you explain what you mean by dangerous because i think there's an interesting idea there can you can you explain what you mean by that sure so so if i um like the job for example right mm-hmm. um last year i quit my job okay. <laughs> and i was like i'm tired of it i'm done i walked in on a tuesday quit and uh my wife uh kind of knew that it was happening uh but didn't really 100 percent know that it was happening um so it's right right yeah so so there's like there's a little bit you know and, and it was what needed to happen you know it was definitely like for my own sanity and everything so there was definitely a uh, fear factor no pun intended uh going on with that um remember that show that was an old show i do uh, that's that yeah. was joe rogan man yeah Look right exactly yeah uh, yeah um, I think he has a podcast too. Oh, a very uh, a, one of the biggest podcasts in the world. So yeah, yeah I've, I've never listened to it. Um, <laughs> so so uh, you know, the, living flying by the seat of your pants and kind of figuring things out can be dangerous if you do that. Because like you know, how, how are we going to pay rent? And there was a couple of months that we couldn't pay rent because we're trying to figure it out. You know, um, but it can be really good too, uh, insofar as you uh, have room to grow. So. Uh, when you mentioned this subject to me, it immediately reminded me of my favorite writer. Uh, he lives in Los Angeles. His name is Mark Z. Danielewski. And he uh, writes incredible books. But he has this one quote in one of his books about uh, the the hope in, in, in incompleteness. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you are incomplete, then you have a hope for self-improvement. But if you are per- perfect, then you have no hope for improvement. Um, and it seems kind of backwards, but it's really a beautiful sentiment to me that you can, you can, um, you can have a, a person who does not, who does not reach perfection. And yet they are still the most, they're, they're more beautiful than a perfect person. Does that make sense? It does. Like, and I, I've also, I, I I've that. also heard like, not that we should go into this right now, but I've also heard like that as a proof for why God needs limited beings 
because he's the perfection of things and he needs limited things. Yeah. Anyways. Yes. Yeah, so there's, there's it sounds like Dostoevsky. Is that, is maybe, that right? is that... uh, yeah. who knows? Um, but yeah, just the idea that there is a beauty in being limited and a beauty because limit being by being limited and yet having power, you have potential. Yes, exactly. But I think, I think that kind of gets to what, what I'm kind of afraid of when, when it comes to, um, anything that I do, not, I don't want to say half-assed because I think that's what I'm afraid of, right? Is the idea of just doing something good enough and being content with, um, an imperfect product is the idea that I could have done it better and it could Mm. have been something really good, but because I didn't put enough energy and effort into it, it was something that was not worth my time. And I really have to fight that urge in me. But, you know, because then that means I will never actually do anything because it has to be perfect, which is ridiculous. You're never going to do that the first time. But I do think there is an element of there. I think there is a, a, a too casual way of doing this. And, you know, that... Um, like, for example, if you had left your job and you had no plan and you weren't really concerned at all about providing for your family, that's kind of a problem. Like, that's that's lackadaisical to the point of being, like, um, negligent. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, there's a point at which if I decided to just record literal noise because it was a way to put something up, like, there is – there seems to me to be a point at which producing something inferior really is inappropriate. Like, it's it's too much. Um, and so I don't, I don't know if you had, if you had any thoughts about that, like, um, is there a point at which, you know, you shouldn't produce something because it's, it's imperfect or is the, or is the lesson and the potential always worth it to, if you've put in your effort to it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the, uh, for myself, I, I find, the, um, the middle ground is where we find the most sanity all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be politics, whether it be religion, whether it be the way you live your life, you know, um, right, usually right down the middle is, is a good thing. Except um, when it comes to truth, right? Uh, I mean, but, but I think I some things like truth isn't very rarely found in the extreme, you know? Mm. Um, I guess so, it depends so, upon your spectrum, you know? Sure. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, like, like I, I think, you know, hardcore anarchy is crazy. And I think hardcore communism is crazy. And, like, usually right down the middle is where we find the most sanity and the most, you know, livable mm-hmm. uh, livable uh, lifestyle. That being said, I'm not going to release a jazz piano album because I can't play jazz piano worth a damn. Um, but I will uh, have no problem um, recording music from my other podcast and having that be the soundtrack mm-hmm. on my mandolin because I can play mandolin, right? So the middle ground is, like, I'm not going to do something that I don't know how to do but I'm not going to not do it because it's not going to be perfect either. I mean, am I the world's greatest mandolin player? Right. Absolutely not. But I have talent, and I know that I have talent. And I guess my so why not share that? My question would be: What is the level of minimum proficiency? There. I mean, I think that's that's a really good question. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I know. Really good questions. Um, what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, I think I think that really depends on on your comfort level because um, there are definitely people out there who are not good musicians who play in front of thousands of people at a time. Mm -hmm. And there are people who don't play in front of thousands of people at a time who are really good musicians. So I think that really depends on number one, how ballsy you are, but also how much people are willing to, to take. Um, But like that's, that's a good example. Let's say you were not good at the mandolin. Let's say you were subpar or take anything that you are 
only a, only a little bit okay at. Okay. If all of a sudden you discovered that people loved you doing that thing in a subpar manner, would you continue to do it? Would you capitalize on that? Would you be okay with remaining a subpar creator? Uh, I, I mean, like financially, am I getting paid for it? I mean, I guess. Sure. Hell yes, I'd do it. Are you kidding? Like, I'm I'm a total shill. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I don't know. I mean, I I think I think part of me would say that calls me onto a higher plane of existence. Like, I wasn't the greatest teacher at one point in time, and that and I, I made some mistakes in my classroom. So because of that, I kind of called me onto being a better teacher. Um, I think that's certainly a reality that a lot of teachers go through. We're like, man, I suck at this. You know, my first year was terrible. It was awful. It was like, so terrible. So you know, you have to really work hard. Um, at becoming better and now like I told you earlier I'm doing 12 hour days because I gotta be really good at my job because my kids are counting on me right um, so so you know like like there's it's a process you know like, like, and, and I think for me like I don't ever I, th- I think for me it's not about becoming perfect so much as it's about not ever being satisfied um, th- there's no criteria that I'm trying to reach you know like oh now I'm a good teacher now I'm a good mandolin player now I'm a good dad it's more like I'm always gonna not be the best and I need to keep working at it. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. And I, uh, well, what it reminded me of, I don't know if this really addresses what you were saying, but it reminds me of the idea of like your purpose and why you're doing something. And that yes. can always, that's always a rough area for me because. Frankel. Yeah. Frankel. Uh, yeah. What's uh, um, Emmanuel Kant would be another one. Yeah. Um, like I have a hard time attributing anything that I derive pleasure from as being anything other than selfish even if it's very utilitarian to other people um and so i I really struggle with the idea of i guess you should you should continue creating in as long as it's fulfilling the goal that you're setting forth in its creation um and that might just be you know having some fun playing and jamming out with your friends it might be trying to express yourself it might be trying to get a message out um so, like, for example, just to continue referencing the podcast that we're doing, like, I want to do this podcast because I want to help people. Because I'm hoping that by expressing myself and my experiences, other people can relate to that. So sure. the creation will remain it will remain a positive good thing I ought to do for as long as it's, you know, furthering that goal. Um, and But that that's a struggle for me because there's obviously a lot of other reasons... I want to do this podcast. A lot of other reasons I could potentially want to do it, and um, that is a that that always kind of like irks at the back of my mind. I think that the depending upon what you're doing, it might be easier to do that. Like I don't know what kind of ulterior motive you could have for being a you know a teacher for kids that have disabilities. That sounds like a very altruistic um, you know career. So I don't know if you struggle with that as much, but like. Um, you know, working, I, I work in, you know, in finance and payroll, you know, like it can be very self-serving. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, if I'm not really addressing the question, but that's what the, what you made me think of when, when it comes to like why you do something. Well, I guess I would ask you if we go back to, if a project fulfills its goals, then I would say, can the goals be organic as they progress? Like when you and I first started talking about Bourdain, we didn't think this was going to happen, mm-hmm. right? It's supposed to be a one-off thing and then sort of like goes away and then whatever, right? 
But originally, originally we started talking just because I was like reaching out to you to like you know offer to get some advice. Like it was, it had, right. I had no intention of any kind of uh, creative pursuit at that time. Right. So, so, so what we intend, what, what we originally intended in that in that pursuit, did not end up panning out. And yet here we are doing something greater than the original thing. Right. I guess so, greater. So, <laughs> I mean, we'll I think I think uh, I mean greater in quotation mark. Kef- uh, uh, a lowercase g greater. There you go. Um, yeah. So so there's a there's a there's a sense to like we can do something better, uh, more productive, more fulfilling if we allow ourselves to not be tied down by the original intent, right. right? So long as we can be open to new prospects, like the kind of teacher that I thought I was going to be 10 years ago is not the kind of teacher that I am today, not by a long shot, right? Do you, do you so, mind elaborating on that quickly? Like what what was your expectation 10 years ago versus now as far as what kind of teacher you're going to be? Just that you were going to be the greatest teacher or you do you mean no, like the kind of teacher you're going to be? The, the kind of teacher. Like, like, like I, I thought that I was under the man. Looking back, I'm just like, man, I was so terrible. Um, I, I was under the impression that, like, you know, genuine, you know, democratic classroom where like you had real conversations, and you like you know shared yourself with the students, and they sat there listening to you like dead poet society, and you know like that 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 the hokey you know uh, uh, freedom writers crap that you get when you're in uh, teaching school, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you get out, and you're like, wait a minute. First of all, it's not effective. But second of all, that's not what I want to be. Mm-hmm. And the need is not in those kind of classrooms. The need is in behavioral schools in, you know, central eastern Ohio, where, where, where kids are, you know, cursing at you every day. And, you know, there's, there's mental health issues, and there's parole officers, and, you know, kids get into fights, and they need people, you know, male role models. And... You know, th- th- that's where I work now is in a behavioral capacity where, like, my students literally all have parole officers, you oh, know. Wow. Um, so, so, you know, th- and, and, and if I sat down, like, look, I'm going to be real with you. You know what they would do? They would curse at me and tell me to go away because that's, cause that's not because it's lame, you know. So, so you know, the idea of the kind of teacher that I was going to be was, was not who I actually was, you know. And I feel like what I'm doing right now is much more up my alley, as I'm sure you can imagine, me hanging out with a bunch of, uh, criminally inclined teenagers is much more my jam <laughs> than uh, you know being a uh, a uh, classroom teacher that you know teaches normal things. Um, but I don't know. I I feel like, or e- even like being a dad. You know, before my first daughter was born, I was like, oh, I'm gonna she's gonna play music. She's gonna be a fiddle player, and she's gonna love Bob Dylan, and you know she's gonna be a great cook. And now like. My oldest daughter doesn't play any instruments, even though I've been trying. She loves, you know, Disney princesses. She's a really picky eater. The hard Disney Dylan's... princesses. She's a, she, 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 really, she's a picky eater, and she thinks that, you know, Bob Dylan sounds like a frog. And and, and she's not wrong, <laughs> but it's a very different expectation, right? So I have to change who I am yeah. in order to meet the needs of my kids and my students, as opposed to, like, you know, digging my feet in and saying, this is what the project was supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the best I got. I mean, I think that is that is an excellent uh, articulation of the general thought. I honestly think that we have exhausted this particular idea as far as as far yeah. as I'm concerned. This is, seems like a good time, so um, I'm probably gonna wrap it up. Do you have any any final thoughts or parting ideas, anything like that? Uh, I, I think uh, just the idea of rigidity is a very scary thing sometimes and um 
you know, be, be, be uh, allowing yourself to be affected is sometimes very helpful to, to, to find happiness and satisfaction. Yeah, I like that. Allowing yourself to be affected. I like I like that quite a bit. All right, I'm going to end this quick uh, with a few quotations by some excellent philosophers and poets on this particular topic to quote Voltaire. The best is the enemy of the good, Confucius. Better a diamond with a flaw than a pebble without in Shakespeare. Striving to better oft may mar what's well. Miles, thank you very much for talking to me these last 20 minutes. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Good holidays. Thank you, Tom. You too. All right. Bye.